Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello and welcome to the FPL podcast from Fantasy Football Community. A show that embraces everything about the world of fantasy football. I am Mark Jobling and I'm doing this episode alone because of the chaotic nature of price reveal day. Everyone's being pulled in many different directions, but please get in contact if you'd be interested in being a guest on future episodes as we seek to embrace the community part of our name. Monday afternoon has given the FPL universe an official kickstart for the 2023-24 campaign by revealing the price of one player from each club. Let's get straight into them, and this will be a shorter podcast than normal because it's only me. Straight into them, starting with the big news of Erling Haaland being just the fifth instance ever of someone beginning at £14 million. Now, some tools predicted 13.5, but the strong fixtures of Manchester City mean we'll probably still play him, right? We'll probably still pick him. There would have been a bit of debate if, if the fixture list was unkind to Man City, but they immediately... Um, begin with a promoted side and then another one in game week three <laughs> full on game week four Nottingham Forest in week six it's just I think a lot of people's attitude is oh, okay Haaland he's 14 million that means we've all got 86 million to spend on 14 players because that is him and that sort of links in with Mohamed Salah's small price drop from 13 million to 12 and a half million. He had a bit of a mixed season last time, but because of Haaland's price, as we will hear with some of the other ones, it might have caused the other ones to go slightly below what you'd expect because there's only a certain amount of budget that we still have. We still only have 100 million. Uh, you, You can't go the other way and make everyone too expensive. You've got to price the other players in a way that you sort of ask questions like could we get Haaland because this player is so cheap this player is so cheap but Mohamed Salah what holds him back especially compared to Haaland is the lack 
of early captaincy options, like on paper. Like they start off with Chelsea, Liverpool, and game week three it's Newcastle, and, and game week four is Aston Villa. The only in the early sort of six seven games, the only one that stands out again on paper, and Liverpool are a very good team, is Bournemouth at home game week two. But last season it was nine nil in Salah Blanc, so you just don't know. You just don't know in this game. And, well, in general, it was a slow start for Salah by his standards. He was only on eight goals by game week 25. But the final 15 games brought 11 goals and seven assists. So he was only one of two players to get double digits for both goals and assists. So it was a real turnaround, but not enough to stop a small price drop. If there's a, it depends what happens with Harry Kane, of course. If if Kane goes, a lot of teams will see this as a two premium setup, and it'll be quite doable depending on how big you want to go in on your defence. But Salah, he's fixture proof. He's FPL. He's he's FPL glory. He doesn't. He's, he doesn't. He doesn't need any point reduction. He's a fantastic player. He'll always get the goals. The captaincy thing might be a slight problem, but uh, you'd imagine he'd be part of ten players. One of the one of the real eye openers, and on the FPL show with with Kelly and Sam, they began with two players, Martin Odegaard and Bruno Fernandez. And from the off, you saw Fernandez, the Manchester United playmaker dropped down from 10 million last year to 8.5 million right now, which, hey, I mean, a slight drop was maybe expected, but not that much. He was the seventh best midfielder last season, and he created the most chances throughout the league. So that, that, that really does ask questions. Maybe that was the first sign that Haaland was going to be 14. The big question that we don't have the answer to yet is what, what's Marcus Rashford going to be? You would imagine that he's going to be slightly more than that, maybe nine million, and that really would ask questions because Rashford is more of a goal scorer, but Fernandez is the creator, and it depends on whether Manchester United do get that big money striker that they want. Not that Rashford is hindered by playing on the left, of course, but uh, certainly being the central striker would make him. Better, a better option than Fernandez, even though Fernandez himself is priced very, very generously. Speaking of which, you thought that was a drop. Sun Hyun Min is down to £9 million. A £3 million drop from last season. And of course, there was going to be a slight drop. But I think the tools and general opinion did seem to suggest that he'd be at least £10 million. You know, it's still a steady drop from last year, but, but this is a huge one. He was the golden boot holder for two seasons ago, the 21-22 campaign. And a little bit of spring form scraped him up to 10 goals, which was semi-respectable. But really, for a long time, it was, it was unrecognisable. But there were so many questions about Spurs going into the season and so many things that could boost his appeal the fact that they've got this new manager who seems to play this chaotic football where he'd rather 
win 5-4 than 1-0. And the fact that James Madison's being added to the team. And the fact that from game weeks 3 to 5, Spurs have a very, very lovely looking run of fixtures. I believe that Sun also has mentioned in an interview that he was playing with a, a bit of a, a struggle, a, a bit of a slight injury, and he was playing through that. Now, that's fixed now, if it is, and if it's fixed by August and he's ready to go, then that $9 million price looks absolutely superb. Um, but it does depend on, yes, will Harry Kane stay or will he go? Because those two have a fantastic relationship in terms of goals and assists. So that would no doubt be a loss. There is a chance that in that situation, Sun could start playing out of position as a forward maybe but if, if losing Kane would still be still be like losing his best friend sort of thing that is definitely one to watch but there are so many other situations going on in midfield that such a good looking sun price still doesn't automatically put him in the template because at Brentford Brian Mbumo he's not a forward anymore He's a midfielder. He's 6.5 million. He's been reclassified as a midfielder. He finished last season as the sixth best forward throughout the game. And he particularly excelled in Ivan Tony's absence in those last three or four games. Tony's going to be out until January. So all of a sudden, Brentford's main attacking threat is a midfielder. He's got good fixtures. Well, kind of good fixtures. He's on penalties, as we saw at the end. So you've got to expect him to be in the template team. In fact, I know personally I was going to go for Mbumo anyway, looking at him as a as a second striker alongside Haaland. And, and, and that's it's almost worse now because I feel like the competition in midfield is going to be fiercer than up front. And this has created a problem. Because I like to play with three forwards. And if Mbumo's... I was already struggling for a third. And if Mbumo's a midfielder, a second and a third, we'll just have to wait and see. But for him to be a, a 6.5 million midfielder who's expected to lead the line for the first half of the season, that is just irresistible. It's superb. They start off at home at Tottenham, which, as we've said... That's not necessarily a bad fixture. Firstly, because right at the end of the season, he hauls against Spurs. Secondly, Postachoglu has arrived and he's not going to be a defensive manager. So even if Spurs do improve, probably won't be at the back. So Brentford's fixtures, that's a good one. And then it's Fulham, Palace, Bournemouth, Everton, Forest, all that by game week seven. Yes, please. Uh, the problem might be that it's too obvious now. It would have been, <laughs> if he was slightly under the radar as a pick, that would have been great, but he won't be, Brian Mbomo. Martin Odegaard, as said before, he was part of the first reveal alongside Fernandez, and he is also an 8.5 million midfielder. It was an expected price rise, let's face it. He was second amongst FPL midfielders last season, 18 goals, sorry, 15 goals and 8 assists was a magnificent return. And 
Arsenal's fixtures are the standout. So needing at least at least one Arsenal attacker is is almost essential. E- even one might might not cover it enough because they start at home to not England Forest. They won that match five nil last season. By the way, Forest were horrific travellers, and the fixtures looked just brilliant for for quite a for quite a while. The question is with Arsenal, which one? Now we don't know yet the prices of Saka, Martinelli, what Havertz gonna be. He's, he's arrived as a new signing. Is he is he also gonna be reclassified as a midfielder? Uh, what's Gabriel Jesus going to be? But the thing is, the thing that might boost Saka is let's say, and we don't know yet. Let's say he's nine million. Well, last season there was a huge gap between Saka and the Odegaard-Martinelli combo. Now now if they're all clustered together with only half a million between them, well, Saka's very nailed and he's on penalties. So you don't pick the other two for their cheap price anymore. On a more even field, you'd probably say Saka. But who's to say what price he's going to be? Odegaard, let's not... Let's not rule him out as a candidate. I know I, I personally very rarely had him because I I, I was always thinking, that, that's not right. He's a centre midfielder and surely it's Saka and Martinelli. That's that's the type I like to go for. And it was just punished again and again by Odegaard. So it would be foolish to be so stubborn again. But 8.5 is quite pricey. And if, if, if I was being stubborn at 6.5, then personally probably won't um, as I say the Arsenal attacker of choice is probably going to be Saka someone else who had a fantastic season and got a huge price rise but I probably won't get him is Kieran Trippier we know now that he's going to be 6.5 million in defence he almost reached 200 points last season in fact if it wasn't for that own goal right at the end he would have he was the best defender last season in so many ways but and we already knew a few weeks ago when the fixtures were released that Newcastle's fixtures are not good they're, they're almost disastrous Aston Villa at home Man City away Liverpool at home even Brighton away Brentford at home that is a tough start and and I noticed as a Newcastle fan the clean sheets really dropped off we would always concede that consolation goal that they really dropped off after, as we sort of entered the late twenties in in game week numbers. Um, they were had a, a phenomenal defence just before the World Cup and for that first six or seven games back. But then, but then no. Now of course, yeah, Trippier is about more than the clean sheets. He is. He was leading in several underlying stats in terms of crosses chances created he was beating Trent Alexander-Arnold in these areas in general but it's a tough start so if you're not expecting clean sheets from him he suddenly costs 6.5 as opposed to 5 that's not good and also well there's also the Champions League what's the effect of European football going to be there's also the new signing of Sandro Tonali who is also a good set piece taker he's just Provided several for Italy under 21s and the Euros. 
Tenali, if Tenali takes, if he's on sharing duty with Trippier, that again is a dent for Kevin Trippier's appeal. So that has to be considered. So I, I personally am going to let some of the more casual managers start him. And he, maybe he does start in 30, 40% of teams. I'll be sitting there quietly confident that 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 they've maybe based it on the past rather than the current game. Who else have we got? Karumatoma at Brighton. We found out that he's also six point five million, and I think maybe that's slightly less than anticipated. He was a huge part of the the final weeks of last season in terms of the template. Every Almost every meaningful team had Matoma in there to the point where if he did produce, there was very little to gain. Thing is, though, he didn't actually produce that often later on. He, he didn't score any goal after game week 29. And none of his final 15 matches exceeded seven points. Some of those were in double game weeks, so his game week total was more than seven. But that kind of emphasises that the only reason we stuck with Matoma was the sheer amount of bright and double game weeks uh, in those final month in that final month or two. But without that, you know, now we're starting with game week one, one game per week. No, probably not. And Brighton are going to be in Europe. We saw Deserby rotate in the final weeks, and maybe that's maybe that was just situation at the time but yeah like don't particularly see the appeal in Matoma this time because we sort of forget that he wasn't he was kind of a purple patch in in sort of December January and he's risen he's risen in price etc another player that has risen in price is Ollie Watkins but only slightly he began last season as a 7.5 million forward and he's now 8 million and it was, he was a, him and Miguel Almiron were a definition of purple patches because heading into game week 21, Watkins was on three goals. It was awful. But Unai Emery has transformed him, transformed the club. Villa could really be a force next season. Uh, the signings over the summer have been so impressive. So in that respect, having the the striker leading the line in that very good team that is appealing you know if, if, if Villa push for the top six then having a top six striker for eight million is is pretty good but his 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 run of 11 goals and three assists from 12 games in the second half of the season was brilliant but it, but he had a slow start and the goals did fade late on so it's kind of hard to say whether you know will he be rotated will Villa next buy a, a striker because Danny Ings was sold in January they need the squad to compete on all fronts now and, and could Watkins suffer because of that who knows at Crystal Palace Eberechi Eze and I think I've terribly pronounced that but whatever forgive me 6.5 million now he's net is he netted six times in seven once Roy Hodgson arrives and we just had it 
confirmed today, actually, on Monday, that Hodgson is staying as Palace manager. So that that's a boost. That's a boost. But what might be a problem is that Palace, as at the time of recording, Wilf Sahar still hasn't decided whether he's staying or going. So that's a huge loss if, if he departs. Michael Elise, we believe, has picked up an injury on France under 21 duty that will keep him out at the, the early the early weeks. So Palace as a team might suffer. And their opening match is away at Sheffield United. That looks pretty promising for Eze. But then it's Arsenal. So yeah, it was it, he actually finished the season pretty high up the midfield rankings and was severely boosted by Roy Hodgson's arrival. But we just don't know what that was. What is it? Is it, is it something that can be maintained? We just find out there's so many options elsewhere. You know, if you're comparing Eze and Mbumo is, is 6.5 million mids, you'd have to say probably it's the Brentford man. Elsewhere, that's 10 of the 20 price revealed. Elsewhere, we, we've had two 4.5 goalkeepers revealed in Fulham's Bernd Leno and Everton's Jordan Pickford. They're both 4.5 million, which is the ideal price, really, if you want a goalkeeper. And this was proved by David Raya last season. He was, he was superb and came at that optimum price. And I think a lot of us will be looking, especially with Haaland being so expensive, a lot of us will be looking to see where can a million or two be saved. And, and having a 4.5 goalkeeper is a good place to start. Everton do have a nice early run of fixtures, in all honesty. Fulham, Villa, Wolves, Sheffield United as a whole. Obviously, Villa is a tricky one, but it's not too bad. Um, but they did just escape relegation at the same time. It's a tough one. We've also been told a third goalkeeper in Jose Sa at, uh, at Wolves. He's 5 million, not 4.5. He's 5 million, which it's not, it's not a price you would fancy, really, is it? Uh, Wolves kept some home clean sheets late on. Apart from their final home game, they were, they were on a decent run of beating the likes of Villa and Palace at home. All, all to nil but then at the same time they would go away to Brighton and lose 6-0 and, and get walloped at Arsenal as well so they've sold it looks like they're selling Collins the centre-back Collins to uh, Brentford and Napoli want Max Kilman. Neves has already gone off to the Saudi Arabia so if you're a Wolves fan you're probably a little bit nervous about this season and, and for that as well as a slightly expensive price, you would mm, probably stay away from Saar for that. The three promoted sides have all had a reveal of an asset for 5.5 million. Carlton Morris, the Luton striker, he scored 20 last season. So if he could, if he could sort of fill in that Dominic Solanke role this this year of being a 5.5 a forward who gets, I don't know. Eight or nine goals. That 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 would be that would be pretty well priced. And, and Dai, 
Ndai at uh, Sheffield United. He was brilliant last season, 14 goals. Their star man, really. And yeah, they start at home to Crystal Palace and then have Forrest. Game week four is Everton. So there's potential there for him. Um, Burnley, we've been told that Benson, uh, the midfielder Benson, is also 5.5. He scored quite a lot of goals last season. I believe it was 11. However, he only started 14 times and he came on as a sub on, I think, 19 occasions. So he averaged a goal every 135 minutes. So one and a half matches. That's a very good rate. If, if, you're, if you were to say a midfielder scores every 1.5 matches, please put them in our team. But but if he's not a regular starter in a championship, then then we just why would he in the Premiership? It's it's too it's too uh, too many questions there. Probably best avoid. New signings have been priced at Chelsea and Bournemouth, and Kunku, the striker from Leipzig. Chelsea have obviously got a fantastic history of Leipzig strikers, and Kunku is seven point five. What might hold him back is that. Is he a, is he actually a forward? Is he, he's, he's an attacker for sure, but from from what we know about Maurizio Pochettino, the chance the chances are that Kunku will either be playing just behind a striker or as a wide man, not as the the focal point of that team. So it's almost like reverse out of position. Uh, just in general with Chelsea, there's too many questions over them. They they. Barely scored last season. They finished 12th. Not playing in Europe can only help them, really, in terms of fixing fixing themselves domestically. But uh, we don't know how many players they're going to sell, how many they're going to sign, where they're going to go. Let's just wait and see with them. Justin Clivert, son of Patrick, is joining Bournemouth as a £5 million pound midfielder which is pretty good that's 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 uh, impressive he has moderate he's had a very nomadic career so far and he's still so young but at Valencia at Valencia last season he he was producing he was having good chances at, at a decent rate and Bournemouth surprised so many people by staying up there was a bit of disrespect towards them because we all just thought the same thing but with Areola as the new manager, that's a very ambitious appointment. Maybe on the day, it felt harsh on Gary O'Neill. But when you when you look at Areola, his burgeoning reputation, uh, the, the things he did at Rayo Vallecano, he is a good manager, and almost it's almost a bit of a coup for Bournemouth. And yeah, that could be quite an exciting. It could be quite an exciting time there on the south coast of Bournemouth. But again, we just need to get confirmation that he's in the starting lineup for them. We don't have any clue yet. It's a new manager. Preseason hasn't started. Um, so it's, again, it's wait and see. The final two are both six million pound midfielders. Lucas Paqueta at West Ham. He was a slow starter. Huge money was spent on him. But by the end, you, you got to see his quality. Uh, West Ham won a trophy, and he 
scored all four of his Premier League goals after the World Cup break. So, slow starter, but could it be a fruitful second season for him? Yeah, maybe. Maybe it could. If, if that Declan Rice money is going to be spent on improving the, the team in a few places, then the team could be stronger and he'd be a, a big part of that. Morgan Gibbs-White is also six million and he also arrived at a huge price tag in Nottingham Forest last summer and everyone everyone sort of mocked Forest and the amount of players, the amount of money, but I tell you what, he, he ended on 17 attacking returns. The final seven matches saw Gibbs-White score three and set up five. So he is... He was, he was an instrumental part in their survival. He's, he's already paid back the fee because if it wasn't for him, they probably would have been relegated. He, the, what holds Forrest's attributes back is their fixtures just alternate between brilliant and terrible. You know, they start away at Arsenal, then it's Sheffield United at home, but then it's Man United away, then it's Chelsea away, Burnley at home, then Man City away. It's, it's, it's all over the place. And... Unfortunately, for that reason, you probably stay away from them, even though they themselves might have, uh, they, they could use last season as a platform to establish themselves as a Premier League club. And, and Gibbs White is such a good player for them. It was almost a surprise to see how far he was up the midfielder rankings, actually. So six, six million for him is, is reasonable, but... Those early fixtures are very off-putting, unfortunately. So you just look back at them all. And of course, we, we seem to have had a few at, at 2 o'clock, 3 o'clock, 4 o'clock, etc. Teams are slowly releasing four more player prices. So we've seen Luton's four, where we seem to have a, a £4 million starting defender in Bell. That's very interesting. Sheffield United's four price... Four extra prices included the centre-back Enel Ahmed Hodzic, 4.5 million. And he scored six open play goals last season. So that that, that could that could be interesting. He's, he's, he's not going to be John Lundstrom levels, of course, but that, that's, that's pretty interesting to know. So please keep, over the next few days, please keep in touch with the website, uh, FF Community, Scout, check out our Twitter accounts because at a fairly steady pace, we're going to get drips of information. And then eventually, you would think by the end of this week, the game is out and we'll know every price. Spreadsheets out. Get drafting. But uh, yeah, Haaland's price is expensive, but Sun and Fernandez and, and Mbumo are the other standout prices that we know so far both all very interesting and i think that's probably a good place to wrap things up uh, it's been a it's been a pleasure thank you very much please make sure to check out ff community's improved website which covers fantasy games for the premier league champions league the mls several european leagues i know we're gonna start Serie A this season as well as well as the bundesliga give us a follow on twitter it's at ff community underscore and we hope to see you back here next time thanks very much for listening goodbye sports social podcast network
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.